Blog Talk Radio. My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente. You are my minions for the next two hours. You will pay homage to me as I will guide you through this crazy world of sports. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We do this thing called The Balance every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I tell you what, it's a... Well, it's a typical fall morning here in Indianapolis, high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, where we flagship all over the nation. So glad that you've joined us. Thank you, our affiliate radio stations, and thank you to Blog Talk Radio for facilitating this as well. We've got a great show, and today is the, is, is the day where we kick off our annual No Shave November campaign. Who's in with me? Uh, join us. We've got a link up on on Twitter. Uh, we'll be sharing some stuff on Facebook. Uh, really is a good cause, as they say. Everything you grow raises money for the bro. It's a great cause uh, for us men to join together and and uh, raise some money for some well needed uh, cancer in in men. A lot of different things that go on that uh 9178985161 are digits so make sure you join our group the link is up on twitter for the no shave november this is one of the biggest games of the year today we've got notre dame and we've got michigan standing by in the balance green room is uh matthew embry wsvt up at south bend's flagship station of the notre dame fighting irish and also our official IndyCar contributor got a little bit of funny uh, uh, season to talk about, but mostly we're going to be breaking down uh, this uh, Notre Dame game of college football. And then, of course, we've got the World Series of Nationals lost yesterday, last night, to the Houston Astros. They lived to fight another day. We'll be talking with Steve Wilson for Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, but also lives down in the thick of national land in Virginia, and we'll, we'll throw in some uh, an, uh, national uh, World Series talk there. And then in the second hour, uh, we've got uh, Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, and Terry Beard, who happens to be a big Michigan fan. Man, we're going to talk about this big uh, battle today. It's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> I don't know. We we started off the season talking about Jim Harbaugh being just an overrated coach, but man, he he may have uh, he may have saved himself. And we'll talk a little bit about that also with with Matthew Embry. But big game. So we're going to break down the Michigan Notre Dame game. Of course, top twenty five in college football, and then the bottom of the hour. Unfortunately, uh, Ed Kratz. Uh, Beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and our official NFL contributor is traveling to Buffalo, but he's going to 
uh, take his wife there too and see Niagara Falls. So he's there for buff, the Buffalo game. Of course, the Bills uh, take on the Eagles. So he's not going to be able to join us since he's on the road. And Mo from the BS Sports Show is not going to be able to join us. But also, Tony D of the Tony Donahue. Po- I'm sorry, got that backwards. Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast will join us. We're going to break down all of Week Eight action. In the NFL, my name is Sean Marquis, El Presidente, 917-889-8516 is our digit. Stick around. Up to good. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous pork chop down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about it. 
Here's to the straggly ones. The first ones. Hey, I look good with this ones. The black, brown, red, and gray ones. The itchy ones. The ones grown by dad. The ones grown for dad. The I nearly didn't do it this year ones. And the absolutely filthy ones. They all raise awareness, raise funds, start conversations, and save lives. Because whatever you grow will save a bro. Sign up now at Movember.com. My name is Tom Marquisale, Presidente. Thank you so much for joining us. As I mentioned in my, my monologue there, our opening monologue there, that uh, this kicks off our No Shave November campaign. Remember, whatever you grow raises money for the bro. Matthew Embry, WSVT up of South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, but also talks some college football as WSVT is the flagship station of Notre Dame fighting Irish. Big game today as we tired our show, what happens when an Irishman meets a Wolverine? But first of all, uh, Matthew, are you going to join us in the No Shave November campaign this year? Throw your razors away for 30 days, bro. Too scratchy, uh, and I don't need to look like a Sasquatch. <laughs> hey, it's all for a good cause. My uh, grand—I do this well, every year. My my granddaughter always says, "You look like you look like Santa Claus." Little does she know that maybe I am Santa Claus, but I, we've never been seen together in the same place. Matthew, uh, uh, speaking of uh, hairy men or whatever, if you will. Uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish takes on the uh, Michigan Wolverines today. Big game. Uh, before we get to that, though, let's talk a little bit about IndyCar Funny Season. Just a little bit of news on that. What do we got? Well, a couple things. Uh, one in IndyCar, one in IMSA. It looks like uh, Corvette Racing is going to say sayonara to a second driver. Uh, we're hearing rumors about another driver being brought in, and I think, unfortunately, we saw Jan Magnussen step down. I'm also having a feeling that uh, Oliver Gavin, who's been with this team since 2003, is the next guy to go and uh, probably making room and trying to replenish a roster. And uh, I can understand where Doug Feehan is trying for answers here because, I mean, this is a team that has not won a race since April of 2018 in Long Beach. So uh, I think another young gun, possibly another young American, could be joining the team, of course, the big rumor is that Jordan Taylor is going to replace Jan Magnuson. The second driver, though, uh, I don't know if they're going to move up Mike Rockenfeller to one of the main seats or maybe Marcel Fessler, but uh, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens as they bring in a brand-new car, but also hopefully a new image uh, back to the winning ways for Corvette. Now, as for IndyCar, uh, McLaren still has not announced their driver for next season. But I think right now the guy that's the leader right now is Pato Award, uh, the young gun from Mexico, former Indy Lights champion, uh, lost his deal with uh, Red Bull as far as a junior development program after just a few months after joining. And uh, I think he wants to find a full-time ride somewhere. And uh, McLaren, uh, no Connor Daly, uh, no Colton Herta. So I think the next best option for them may be Pato Award. 
Well, we'll certainly be monitoring that and watching what happens. I mean, they call it the funny season for a reason because you never know what's going to happen, so we'll keep our eyes on that. But we know what's going to happen today or tonight, I should say, at 730, uh, is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish against the Michigan Wolverines. You know, honestly, I'll have to I'll, – I'll, I'll fall on the sword here, Matthew. I didn't think at this time of the year I'd be talking about a Michigan 5-2 and two and a Notre Dame 5-1. and one. Uh, This really, at the end of the day, they throw everything out. So put on your WSBT SBT, uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish hat and break down this big game tonight at the big house. Well, obviously, the big thing that's going to be in play is the weather. There's going to be a 100% chance of showers throughout the game. Uh, it's going to be extremely windy, so the passing game is going to be tough. That could be a big problem for both Shea Paris and Ian Book. And it may come down to the running game, and that's why uh, I think a 100% back to fully fit uh, Jafar Armstrong is going to be a key in this ball game because, I mean, you have a decent running back in Tony Jones Jr., but I think you have a much better one in Jafar Armstrong. And uh, if he can get into that secondary, I think he certainly could get some problems. But I think this is not going to be the high-scoring game we thought was going to be coming in uh, because of the inability and the difficulty to make passes today or tonight. Uh, I think we're probably talking maybe a 17-14 game as opposed to a 34-31 game I had uh, earlier this week. Let's talk about this breaking news that came out of South Bend yesterday. Uh, Notre Dame uh, wide receiver Michael Young is is expected to transfer. One, uh, truth, I I think that's true. And two, what kind of impact is that going to have on the the team there? Well, Michael Young's been a disappointment this year. He's been injured. And even when he got back into play, I, I don't know if the focus has been there. And I don't know necessarily if Coach Kelly and him and the rest of the staff have seen eye to eye on things. So, Maybe this is a good change for both of them right now to get rid of a guy that just doesn't seem to fit the flow right now. And uh, you've got other options at that wide receiver position, and you have some coming in next year as well in the recruiting class. So I don't think this is as tragic a loss as some people are saying it's going to be. I think uh, this just a player just doesn't mesh in well. And with this transfer protocol, uh, that possibility of players uh, ducking out, this is going to become more and more common as this continues on. So, uh, I don't think it's the doom and gloom scenario like some people are predicting it is. Well, it may not be doom and gloom, but you got to – I think this is part ego and part what what's going on with the team. As you mentioned, uh, that Michael Young didn't mesh well with the team, and, and, and perhaps Coach Kelly decided that, hey, it's, it's best to, to not start you after even though you were ready to play. Do you think that maybe that, that his ego – well, let's just put it out there because this is what people are saying. Uh, he thinks he's bigger than his britches for Notre Dame and that because the, the decision to not start him on a regular basis and use him in uh, some as-needed basis made him feel like that uh, he's better than that and he, and he can go somewhere else and, 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 and be a, a star. This is all about him wanting to be a star, don't you think? Well, you saw with two previous quarterbacks. You saw with Eric Golson when he made the move to Florida State, and you saw Malik Zaire when he bolted for UCF uh, after he lost out to Deshaun Kaiser. So it's not a new thing. It's just uh, whether or not that move is going to be successful. I don't think it necessarily worked out for Golson or Zaire. And uh, depending on where Michael Young ends up, it may not work out for Young either. But, uh, again, uh I think right now the debt, there's a little bit extra debt now at wide receiver. Granted, uh, Chris Fink likely won't be back for a fifth year next year, but uh, 
I think you're pretty decent with where you are at this point. And like I said, there are new players coming in next year that supposedly will help bolster even further. So it's not a disaster scenario. I think it's just getting rid of a player that uh, just doesn't fit uh, what Notre Dame is about or necessarily what they're looking for as far as a player that will mesh with the rest of the team. I think right now they thought they were going to get that with Michael Young. Apparently they're now thinking they're not going to get it. And, and again, just feeding into the rumor mill, but do we know exactly where he's going to end up? I heard some rumor mills that he was looking at Auburn or Ohio State. Who knows at this point? Uh, just depends on what ends up with the scenarios. I mean, that's two teams that potentially could need a wide receiver next season, but uh, you'd never know at this point until it actually happens. So anything could happen at this point. I mean, rumors are rumors. Until I see something to believe it and some confirmation, uh, I'm not going to say much as far as where he could end up. Cause, and honestly, it doesn't affect Notre Dame anymore, so I don't know if it really matter, affects Notre Dame any where he does end up. Well, you know, it doesn't get much better than Notre Dame football versus Michigan. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the other side of the line. Michigan has figured out a way uh, to come in here do, uh, being 5-2 and two, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, as, as, as much as, as we have said Jim Harbaugh's on the hot seat, I think that seat's starting to cool down a little bit. Well, the thing is, here's the problem with Michigan. I don't know if how many people really want that job. Because look at the last two coaches they had, Rich Rodriguez, Brady Hoke. Uh, if that's as good as they can get as far as getting a coach, uh, I don't know if opening it up and looking for another coach is really going to help them a whole lot because the Michigan job has more demands to it, kind of like the Notre Dame job, but maybe even a step higher where expectations are on your tail. You cannot afford to lose even a single game. So I don't know if, a bunch of coaches are out there really want to take on that burden after what went through with Rodriguez and Hoke. And uh, I don't know if they could get better uh, if Harbaugh did bolt for the NFL. So looking at the scenarios, uh, I don't think they could do any better if Harbaugh goes out. I think they can only do worse at this point as far as finding a new coach. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Uh, look, I mean, I tell you what, though, I have to, I have to admit, I have to keep going back to my experience of going up there a few weeks ago against the Virginia game. That was a lot of fun and a lot of history and tradition there with Notre Dame. But Notre Dame and Michigan has a history, has a a, a love hate relationship, if you will. Uh, m- most people have uh, their their rivals, if you will. Maybe the Cubs have the Cardinals, and the Red Sox have the Yankees, and you know the Eagles have the Cowboys. We have one team, but I I tell you what, when it comes to Michigan, they have multiple teams. Ohio State and Notre Dame being the biggest. And, and talk with us a little bit about the rivalry. Why the why is this such a big game? Why is this such a deep hearted, hard-nosed rivalry between Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Michigan Wolverines? Well, you got two of the oldest programs in college football. That's part of it. And then, you know, you have the Schembecklers, the Holtz. I mean, a lot of famous names with both of these programs as well. Uh, In fact, uh, I believe we'll have a couple influencers. I think, uh, for instance, on our game day show this afternoon at 3 p.m. on WSBT, we'll have the famous radio voice for Notre Dame for many years, Tony Roberts. Uh, we'll have former quarterback Rick Meyer. 
and a few others uh, mixed in as well. I haven't taken a look at the list as well as far as the guest list, but I know those two are on with uh, me, Tim Growl, and Vince Dario. So uh, we'll have those people on. But uh, there's just a lot of big names. Obviously, Rocket Ismail with his two touchdown returns in 89 against Michigan comes to mind. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of history to this rivalry. I don't know if, again, it's the biggest rival because I think I talked to Reggie Brooks a couple of weeks ago, and he said the biggest rival in his mind is still USC. But uh, it's still uh, an important game and a game that they want on the schedule. And uh, certainly it's going to have a big influence right now on what Notre Dame ends up. I mean, Notre Dame still is on the ropes even if they win this game. But we know for sure if they lose this game, their chances of getting in the playoffs are gone. We're talking with Matthew Embry with the flagship station up in South Bend of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish WSBT. Also, our official IndyCar contributor. Not a lot to talk about right now with IndyCar in the in the funny season as it is. But let's let's time to break it down by the numbers while we've got a few minutes. We'll start with the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, break it down by the numbers. What does Michigan have to do to beat the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? We're not we're a national show, so we like to give love to both shows, uh, both teams. So if you're a Michigan uh, fan, what are you hoping that happens today? What has got to happen tonight in the big house? Well, even if the passing game is going to be limited, Shea Patterson's got to have his influence on this ball game. And I think Jim Harbaugh needs to be ready to pull the plug and possibly go with Dylan McCaffrey if things do not go well at the start of this ballgame. Uh, he has not had the desire to do that, but I think if he had done that, I think against Penn State, the way they came back, I think they could have beaten Penn State. So I just have a feeling sooner or later in this game, uh, we will see Dylan McCaffrey. And he did have some success against Notre Dame the last time they played. So if you go by that scenario, I think uh, it would not – I think there could be a quick yank here if Patterson does get up to a good start, and uh, we could see Dylan McCaffrey again because not only is Dylan McCaffrey a good arm, he is a run-pass threat much like Ian Book is for Notre Dame. Well, here's the thing, and then why Ian Book is, is, is so good at that is because he's good at reading the blitz. But if uh, Michigan can control the run game and get in Book's face, in other words, blitz, 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 uh, this could be a, a – nasty night for the fighting Irish yeah a lot like the Georgia game uh, certainly I mean that's what Georgia was able to do uh, in between the hedges but uh, yeah I think Notre Dame's got to get off to a quick start I don't think they could play from behind against this Michigan team uh, and with the way their defense is especially I mean the second half the last time they played Michigan Chase would have better uh, got into them and caused them a lot of trouble so it wasn't uh, that they could dominate against uh, Michigan's defense the whole game last year because they didn't. And uh, so being able to get an early jump and get the early lead, I think, is going to be paramount if Notre Dame's going to win this ball game tonight. All right, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, we'll we'll uh, kind of wrap things up here because I know we only got you for a limited amount of time. But go ahead and break it down, the X's and O's for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. If you're in the war room with Coach Kelly today, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Well, it's like I said, you got to get out to a fast start, get some points on the board, put Michigan under pressure, make them have to open up their game and maybe take advantage, maybe get some turnovers and try to take control from there. Uh, much like Penn State did last week at Beaver Stadium. And if they do that, which I believe they will, I have Notre Dame winning this ball game 17-14 tonight. It's going to be a close one, but I think Notre Dame does find a way to steal one at the big house tonight. 
Well, I'll tell you what, that's going to be a huge win, but Ian Book has his work cut out for him. If you're Coach Kelly and you're watching tape with Ian Book, Ian Book knows what he's got coming uh, at him. And uh, like I said, uh, Michigan can blitz, and Ian Book is not good at the blitz. If you're Ian Book, what are what are some of the things you're doing to calm your fears and to, to get ready for tonight? Well, the big thing is, like I said earlier, you have you're you're hoping your Far Armstrong and Tony Jones can get the run game going because I think that takes the pressure off. So, if Jafar Armstrong and Tony Jones Jr. are able to gain yardage on the ground, uh, that makes Ian Book's job a whole lot easier tonight. Well, totally excited to see about what's going on. We got a couple more minutes with you. Walk around the college football scene, top twenty-five. What do you see and what, what's uh, on your radar today other than Notre Dame and Michigan? Well, without Tua Tagovailoa, I think this is Alabama's toughest test uh, against Arkansas. I still think they're going to win the game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people think. And uh, Clemson also has looked a little bit skittish here recently, but I still think they're going to continue on. So they're still the two teams to be at this point. And then three and four, I think right now are still up for grabs. Uh, you have LSU making a late charge. You have Georgia making a late charge. A lot of people are staying off. Keep in mind, Auburn's still got to play all three of those big powerhouses, and that's something that other, other three teams in the SEC don't have to deal with. So I think if you have the toughest path to get there, Auburn certainly has it. I don't think they're going to get there. Uh, Georgia, the loss to South Carolina, I just think in the committee's mind, it's going to be too much for them to overcome unless they pull off a big upset like in the SEC championship game against Alabama. And LSU's got a chance. They got the momentum, but uh, Joe Burrow, uh, can he get the job done in the big game? That's still a big question mark on my mind. So there are opportunities out there. And then, of course, you also have Oklahoma and Ohio State still out there with chances. And uh, I think right now, as far as Ohio State, if they can get by Wisconsin, I like their chances of being one of those four teams in the college football playoffs because I just don't think the level of competition is there for teams such as a Michigan or a Penn State that could give them much of a challenge. All right, well, let's walk. We've got about five minutes here. Let's walk on, put on our, uh, our uh, Homer hats as we walk across the, the nation, if you will, and put on our Homer hat. Indiana at Nebraska. Indiana needs this win for a uh, bowl eligibility win. I think Hoosiers win 37-28 over the Cornhuskers. What say you, sir? Nebraska's in a mess right now. This is the perfect time to get a victory, but uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, for Indiana this week. I think the better chance for them is in the bucket battle against Purdue to get a win. Well, back get up, the eligible. Going back up into your neck of the woods, Central Michigan Chippewas uh, against uh, the Buffalo Bulls. A lot of people think that Central Michigan will pull this off, maybe a 30-21 type win. Buffalo, I think, still one of the top teams in the back. I don't think it's going to happen for the Chips tonight. I believe Buffalo's going to win that ball game. Miami, Ohio, Red Hawks against the Kent State Golden Flashes. Uh, this should be I, – I, I don't see any reason why that Kent State cannot win – will not will win this game, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that uh, Miami, uh, Ohio, Red Hawks certainly wins this relatively easy. Uh, I don't agree with you on that one. I think Kent State's got a lot better offense. I think it's underrated just what their offense can do. I mean, remember, they put up 62 against Bowling Green in Bowling Green. So I think Kent State wins this ballgame. Well, certainly it's the battle of three or four teams. I mean, again, I think the Red Hawks will, will be uh, less than very good and in, 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 in not come away with a win. But maybe they will. We'll see, we'll see what – I mean, 
will come away with a win, but maybe they won't. We'll see what happens. Holy Cross at Colgate. Uh, Holy Cross brushing their teeth. Relatively easy. Probably a 30-17 to 17 game. Pretty much that area, I'd say. Uh, Colgate has not done much. Uh, the Raiders, uh, not exactly the greatest of teams. I mean, they have a long history, but uh, they have not been good recently as far as FCS uh, power. We got uh, Washington State Cougars against the Oregon Ducks. Uh, the Ducks should handle this relatively easy. Well, they keep calling uh, Mike Leach the giant killer, so an upset I would not be surprised. But, uh, yeah, Oregon badly needed this game, I'd say, to stay in the race for the Pac-12 championship and not for a college football playoff spot. Certainly it's spotted the Rose Bowl right now is on their minds at this point. Well, if you're a betting man, you go with Vegas. You you uh, are going to go with the Utes over the California Golden Bears, but uh, we know about Vegas and their dumb luck. So I'm thinking the Golden Bears will beat the Utes. What say you, sir? Same with the Red Rocks, though. Is every game that they've had to win, they have not been able to do it. Uh, I keep seeing where people think they're the best team in the Pac-12, but I just don't see it. I mean, every time they've had a big game, they just have not gotten the job done. And I would not be surprised if Cal st- took this game from uh, the Utes uh, later tonight. Well, absolutely. That's kind of where I'm with you. That's why I said Vegas always has this damn luck. One more game, though. Kansas Jayhawks and the Texas Tech uh, Red Raiders. I mean, uh, it's been a while since we've seen the, the Red Raiders be able to do anything on the football field. Certainly, we know they can do a lot on the basketball court. But on the football field, I, I still want to go with the Jayhawks on this one. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, somewhere around 45 to 31. They had a big performance against, yes, you know, Oklahoma. They gave – or Oklahoma State or it was. They gave them a run. But keep in mind, we're still talking about Kansas here. And as good as they are, they still have some really ugly losses on their resume this year. Of course, the Boston College game – or the Boston College win was good, but they still have some other ugly performances uh, I just don't – I mean, this is a team almost lost to Indiana State in week one. So, I think Texas Tech wins this game in a rout. All right, let's get the final prediction for tonight's big game, Notre Dame and Michigan. What say you, sir? Well, like I said, uh, reluctantly, I think Notre Dame win, does find a way to win this game, but they're going to have to play a perfect game to beat a Michigan team. It's going to be hyped up for the upset. I think Notre Dame wins it. Not as high scoring because of the bad weather, but they do find a way to win 17-14. We'll see what happens. Uh, Matthew Embry, uh, WSBT up in South Bend. Where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y on Twitter. And, of course, don't forget on WSBT today, our fun gets underway at 2 p.m. with the Brian Kelly Show re-air from Thursday. Uh, We also have the game day show, as I mentioned. Tony Roberts, the former radio voice of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, is on our guest list, along with Rick Meyer. Then game day sports feed from 4 to 6.30. Then we join our national coverage with IMG starting at 6.30. And then join us after the game, into the light, it's Sunday morning. Sean Styers, Reggie Brooks with the official Notre Dame football postgame show. And hopefully we will be talking about a Notre Dame victory. We'll see what happens tonight. We'll see what happens. Matthew, so much. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and, and we'll see what happens. Go Irish. Same to you. 
Matthew Embry, WSGT up at South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, but also uh, flagship there of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. My name is Tom Marklis. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network, 917-889-8516. Steve Wilson standing by in the Balance Green Room talking some NASCAR. And, well, do we really want to get into the World Series talk? Yeah, we will. We'll be right back. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous pork chop down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Here's to the straggly ones, the first ones, the hey, I look good with this ones, the black, brown, red, and gray ones, the itchy ones, the ones grown by dad, the ones grown for dad. 
The nearly didn't do it this year ones, and the absolutely filthy ones, they all raise awareness, raise funds, start conversations, and save lives. Because whatever you grow, will save a bro. Sign up now at Movember.com. Welcome back to the Palace. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. As we've been talking about today, is our kickoff to the No Shave November. The more you grow, the more you save a bro. Go to our. We got a link up there on our Twitter. Go there and join up uh, the group. Uh, share your picks. I shaved off everything last night well, on my face, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll uh, for No Shave November. Great cause uh, for uh, various different types of men's cancer. So, again, No Shave November. The more you grow, the more you go for the bro. Something like that. Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest, joins us, our official NASCAR contributor, and well, quasi-national fan, but first of all, Steve, how are you, sir? Doing well. How about yourself? Fantastic. You going to join us for the No Shave November? Come on. Throw the razors away for 30 <laughs> days. That's one. That gives you, that literally gives you an extra three minutes out of the shower. You know what you could do with three minutes of your day? It adds up by the end of the day. Throw, throw your razors <laughs> away, bro. <laughs> I don't, do the I don't, No Shave. I don't know. Do the no shave, man. Come on. I don't know. Prove your manhood. (laughs) I know. know. We've been doing this for a few years now, and I tell you what, it's a lot of fun. My granddaughter, uh, and I'll be posting pictures up on on Twitter. We do have a link up there, but uh, uh, by the end of the the month, of course, it it doesn't grow but anything gray. So my granddaughter says I look like Santa Claus. So, uh, I mean, get the Santa Claus on. It's all for a good cause. Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest, joins us. Steve, let's talk a little bit about your Nationals. Man, man, who, well, first of all, we would have never thought we would be talking about the Nationals in the World Series anyway. I thought we'd be talking about my Cardinals, but we're talking about your Nationals, and you're you're a Nationals fan. You live down there in the heart of it, uh, win two games, and then falls yesterday to the Houston Astros. It was bound to happen. Uh, Astros is a very good team, but as a fan of the of the of the Nationals, where you find yourself at this morning? I mean, uh, we won eight in a row in this postseason already, so that's that's a lot to go on already. And yeah, the the pitching from the Astros last night was just on point all night long, and we made some errors. I mean, it just started off right from the get go. That first right off. Uh, you know, dropping the ball in the corner and, you know, allowing them to get into scoring position. And then just some of the other errors that we committed last night that, you know, you know, we got to clean those things up in order to keep them out of scoring position. And really it was on the Nationals last night. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're two good, strong teams, but as you said, um, yeah, earlier in the season, I don't think we would have been talking. We we really weren't talking about the the Nationals because they were barely hovering around, you know, even winning half their games earlier in the season. Then it just seems like they poured everything on and 
came back. But, yeah, um, you know, we'll give them this game and come back tonight and see uh, see how it all goes. But, uh, you know, I, I know if we get – I know we've got to get into uh, a game five at least tomorrow uh, in Washington, D.C., and they're going to be able to get some of the, the – the pitching uh, rotation back up um, that's been on rest duty, but, um, you know, hopefully we can get there tonight, moving in and squeak out a win and finish this thing off in, in the home city uh, that hasn't seen a, a world series since 1933 and hasn't won a world series since what, like 1924 or something like that. Oh yeah. And they were, they were the expos at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Expos and then the Senators, and then you know we, uh, right. you, you know, move this stuff all back around. But yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Well, I hope you get a good win. Very rarely do I root for Washington D.C., but hey, I'm rooting for you guys. A National League representing the National League, and so hopefully it'll come together uh, uh, for you. That's for sure. Uh, so let's move on to some NASCAR talk. Well, well first of all, it's Bryce Harper rooting for you guys. <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. Oh, had to get the jab in there, huh? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Let's go down to Martinsville. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are the odds, though? I mean, what are the odds? One year out. Let's go down to Martinsville. What's going on down there, man? Big, a lot of stuff. Certainly, we're getting into the. Uh, play, we are in the playoffs, I should say, of NASCAR. Bring us up to speed. I know you you've been off the air with us for a few weeks, uh, traveling and doing some things. Uh, but they're down in Martinsville. Big, big race. Love that race. Um, it's a short track, and man, you better have your A game on when you go to Martinsville. Break down Martinsville for us this weekend, sir. <laughs> I mean, we've already. Had a little bit of drama this morning as it is with Elliot, uh, Chase Elliott's uh, engine failing on him in the first practice session this morning. So team's already going to work on trying to change the engine out for those guys. Uh, Matt Tift, um, he's a non-playoff driver, but he's been taken to the hospital with some medical concerns. And uh, Penske Racing, um, swapping crews out there this morning to uh, – uh, see see what they can do with some crew swaps for their playoff drivers that are in the uh, um, yeah round of eight going into Martinsville. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff already happening this morning with the uh, with the Cup crews and the Cup teams and the playoff drivers that you know uh, come into Martinsville. It's 500 laps around that place tomorrow afternoon, and uh, you really do have to bring your A game to that one because there's very little opportunities for passing uh, aside from the fact you get into somebody using that chrome horn and move them out of the way and uh, then scoot on past. Uh, but, you know, that also can lead to disaster too. We've seen that happen. Um, you know, Logano has been into it, uh, um, you know, Matt Kenseth a couple of years ago, uh, Hamlin and Elliot just about a year or so ago, Truex and, uh, Logano got into it also not too long ago in, in this race. And, you know, over the years, uh, you know, disaster can strike by moving somebody out of the way and temper surely do flare at Martinsville. Well, today, this afternoon, things get underway for the Gander Outdoors. We've got all three truck series there in Martinsville. I mean, all three truck series, I'm sorry, all three uh, series, uh, NASCAR series at Martinsville, the Gander Outdoor Truck. 
uh, the Affinity Race tonight, and then tomorrow, of course, the Monster Energy. We're looking in the at the at the Truck Series, and we we're looking at Brett Moffat, Stewart, uh, Freshen, Austin, uh, Austin Hill, and Matt Crafton in the top four above the line going into the with the playoffs going into Martinsville this afternoon. What you say you about the truck race today, sir? Well, Matt Crafton yesterday had his own problems with his engine that the team um, is working on. And, uh, you know, this is the second time that we've seen Thor Sport, you know, racing with the engine problems, most recently back at Las Vegas when um, several of their drivers, including Johnny Slaughter and Grant Anfinger, had uh, engine issues that put them both out of the playoffs. Um, these are a common engine supplier that NASCAR has mandated from Ilmore engines, and um, it, it looks like, um, you know, I don't know if this is the same issue that they had back in Vegas, but, you know, if I were NASCAR, um, I know that they did take a look at the fact of what was going on. Ilmore engine did own up to the fact of the problems that they had, but if this is a continuing issue, then I would think that, you know, NASCAR is going to start looking into them even harder, um, you know, if, if they can't supply engines that are going to, that are going to hold up, especially at critical moments, um, throughout these playoffs. And, you know, we've seen where it put playoff drivers out already, but if, you know, Minecraft is, uh, is, uh, plagued by engine problems again in Martinsville, I think it could be a strong case for, uh, some of these teams out there to, uh, start lobbying against NASCAR, uh, to allow them to find another common engine supplier and go back building their own engines where they have some quality control, uh, in-house. And I know where it comes down to some cost saving money, but at the same time, you know, it's not really cost saving if you're blowing engines of, you know, and putting you out of playoffs and causing you loss of points and point and point money and eventually championship money. So, um, yeah, I, I I think that, you know, just some of these things, um, you know, we'll have to watch it over the weekend, but, you know, hopefully we don't have a redo of Las Vegas uh, from just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. But you're, you mentioned engines. I mean, Chevy is absolutely the strongest, most dominant engine in the, in the truck series, wouldn't you say? Um, well, they all use a common engine, which is an Elmore-based engine. Um, it is a Chevrolet um prototype engine um but you know as far as what the things that chevrolet is doing uh yeah they're 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 probably the most dominant of all aside from toyota well toyota is really concentrated around kbm which is just a handful of car, uh, trucks and uh but outside of that yeah um, you know chevrolet is going to be your most dominant in the series so just some of the things that they are able to do uh, with these trucks and these engines, um, you know, really do outperform and outpace some of the other drivers and some of the other teams in the, in the series. Well, and it carries on over to the Xfinity series, which is a good seg- segue on to us tonight. The X- Xfinity uh, takes on takes on the Xfinity. It comes into Martinsville. I got I, got, I still got Notre Dame. I got I'm going to be doing dual roles tonight at 8:30 between uh, the Notre Dame and Michigan game and the, uh, the Xfinity race. Uh, but certainly Chevy's got uh, two of of the engines in the top four, and that's uh, Kyler Reddick and Justin Allgaier, uh, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, uh, which Cole Custer had some adventures last week, uh, but uh, Tyler Reddick and Justin Algager are all round up the 
top four above the line coming into Martinsville. What say you on the Xfinity Series? Uh, the Xfinity Series is off this weekend, so they'll be back at Texas next week. Oh, did week I say that wrong? My fault. I thought it rolled out <laughs> yeah. tonight. No, no, next, next Saturday night at Texas. See, uh, that's, that's, that's why you're the NASCAR, the official NASCAR guy. I got too much on my mind. I'm growing a beard yeah, here, I, man. I, Come on. <laughs> after after this week, we'll have all three series rolling uh, into Texas ISM, and then finally at Homestead. So uh, this is the last off weekend for any of the series, and that happens to be Xfinity. Those guys get a break this week. I'm gonna get off in the weeds a little bit. I mean, I I, I have found this so hard to get used to this weird schedule of Xfinity not being with the uh, Monster Energy Series and the Truck Series being there and the and the, uh, the Monster Energy Series being off and just weird scheduling. What is going on, man? Get off my lawn. Um, I don't like change. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just comes down to the fact of the number of races that these guys run comparatively speaking. You've got 38 races in the Cup Series, 36 of them being point-span races, and uh, the Xfinity Series is just slightly less than that, and um, then you've got the the Truck Series, which is only running about 22 or 24 races a year, so um, yeah, I I think they try and pair these things up as much as possible, but I I, I think going forward um, we might have to take a look at separating them even more. Uh, especially truck series, to be honest with you, um, they they are you know those are kind of you know the 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 change over from coming from local regional racing in the national series racing. So I think yeah, you know when you start looking at the truck series in the future, I think that you know they're gonna and this is just my opinion of it all is that I think that they should kind of be going over into some different tracks and not necessarily following the cup series or the Xfinity series on a week to week basis. And, you know, I know they go to Iowa and they go to most port and they go to, uh, um, uh, you know, some gateway, for example, um, places that, you know, cup and Xfinity doesn't run, but, you know, eventually I think we'll see, uh, that truck series break out maybe a little bit more. And then we'll be talking about them going back to some of these tracks that, um, we've not seen them that maybe, maybe, uh, uh, what do they call it now? ORP, Logan's Oil Raceway. I don't know what they call it anymore. <laughs> IRP. That would be great uh, to have them changed, back again. Yeah, they've, they've changed name, but yeah, I think a lot of people would enjoy them coming back. And I, and I, I mean, I get the case why also the Xfinity series is over at the big track, but I think a lot of people would also like to see them go back to, uh, you know, IRP at the same time too. Well, one race I do know is going on this week, and that's the Monster Energy Series at uh, Martinsville. Break us down. What is so – I mean, what makes Martinsville so good except for the hot dogs? We know the hot dogs are probably the only reason anybody comes to, to Martinsville. But other than that, what makes Martinsville such a legendary track? Certainly a short track, a lot of action going on in that track as well. Well, it's the only track that's left from the 1947 schedule, so it's been in operation for every year. And even, I mean, sorry, the 1949 schedule, and even preceded in the, uh, the NASCAR series in 1947 when it was open. So, uh, you know, this track has been around for, you know, ever since the creation. And 
there that's just been a hard place to race at. It's been short track racing. It's pure racing at its finest. Um, there's there, you, you don't have to worry about aero. You don't have to worry about downforce. You don't have to worry uh, about some of the things that we talk about when we come to the to the intermediate style tracks or the larger tracks. This is just pure racing with a great majority of it just being the driver and the ability of the driver uh, to to get around a, a little place like Martinsville. And, you know, it, chaos can happen very quickly. You know, it doesn't take very many laps for the entire field to get strung out there in a single fine or a chain all the way around the track. And, you know, that makes it incredibly difficult for the leaders and makes it incredibly difficult for people trying to run the leader down. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, that leader, as I was speaking earlier, has just got to move people out of the way. Maybe that second place person could, needs to move the leader out of the way, but either way, it creates chaos. It, it creates action all the way around the track. And, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those tracks that we leave it up to the driver in, in a majority of this case. And aside from that, you know, your your crew can only do so much for you. The car can only do so much for you. The engine can only do so much for you. It really is just mostly in the driver's hands. And I think that's just what makes this place so special is that, you know, it really is almost, <clears throat> it really is almost the purest form of NASCAR racing we have. We're talking with Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. Let's talk above the line for for the Monster Energy Series. you got Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Ryan Blaney, the top eight above the line. What say you, sir? Um, I know Elliott's already had problems this weekend, but I I don't foresee him going to Homestead. I think that Blaney and Larson are also on my list of – uh, not going and moving on going into Homestead. Um, honestly, I've I've kind of tracked down my final four, and this may change a little bit, but I do, you know, right now I see it being Harvick, Logano, Truex, Kyle Busch going to uh, to uh, uh, Homestead in just a couple of weeks because uh, you know we we've got Harvick. See, Harvick's got a good track coming up in in, uh, in Phoenix, where in a couple of years. You know, he's he's in the last couple of years he's had to come in to Phoenix and either win that race or perform very well and to go to Homestead. Uh we've we've got Texas which is uh a, a track in which, you know, kinda of right there in the wheelhouse of uh, Martin Truex Junior and both Kyle Bush uh, at the same time. So, um and and then you got Joey Logano which can win here at Martinsville and you know also Truex can have good runs here at the same time so um I I do think without a win you know Elliot and Logano uh sorry Elliot and Blaney and Larson uh for example are you know going to be outside looking in not only just after this week where it's going to be imperative that you both not only get stage points, but you also try and squeak out that win, so it kind of solidifies your fact into Homestead. But you know, aside from that, I, I think it's going to be a tough road for them. Um, they fought well, they fought hard all season long, but I think it's becoming the end of the line for those guys. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, is this a, is this another Kyle Busch uh, uh, a year? I mean, who, who do we have anybody above the line that you think is just 
it kind of like a, a given or, or the dark horses or is there anybody below the line? What about Brad Koloski? Let's talk a little bit about him. Does he have an opportunity to, to, to get to home, uh, Homestead? I, I'm not sure, but, and he's sure trying to, to make a case for himself. Um, I, I don't, you know, Kyle Bush in the last couple of weeks, a couple of months or so has struggled and we've not seen him, you know, we, we haven't seen him in victory lane and, and, and a good amount of time. And, you know, it's kind of unusual that we're not talking about Kyle Busch and Victory Lane, um, where we've seen some, uh, where, where we saw, um, I mean, just it was just a couple of weeks ago at the at the at the Roval where he just gets out of the car and quits the race. So, I mean, that's those aren't things that we've normally seen out of Kyle Busch. And yes, we know that Kyle Busch does get frustrated. We know that Kyle Busch will take a car to the garage. And, you know, if he's erect or whatever the case is, but I mean, you look at what he did back at, uh, at the Roval where literally he just parked a car on, on pit road and got out the car and said, I'm done. I quit, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, these, these are abnormal things that we've seen out of him. He's got enough stage points. He's got enough wins to kind of, um, help him and back him up. But at the same time, he hasn't won yet. And, uh, do 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 I think it's a Kyle Busch year? Yes, I think in the early part of the year it may have been, but I think the tides have turned. I think he'll make it to Homestead, but I think he's going to struggle getting to Homestead. Um, I think that your stronger performers are going to continue to be your Kevin Harvick, your Martin Truex Jr., and your Joey Logano at this point. Um, and some of the drivers below the line, if there's a wild card in it all, um, Elliot. I mean, Elliot has won in Martinsville, so maybe we we can clock him in the homestead and, um, you know, maybe kick one of those four drivers that I've been talking about out. But aside from that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really seeing any wild, I mean, any, you know, dark horses at this moment. And, may, um, you know, I may be surprised you know, tomorrow after this race is all over with or even halfway through the race when, you know, maybe, you know, Ryan Blaney or something like that clocks out, you know, two stages worth of wins and picks up a whole bunch of points. But, you know, uh, aside from that, um, I think it's a difficult road for some of these drivers that have struggled. And even Elliot, for that example, I mean, he only squeaked in by like one point into this round. Uh, he battled all day long last week and, you know, it's, you know, just barely been just a squeak in at this point. So, I don't know. Um, I've, I'm kind of set on my top four, but if there's anybody, maybe Elliot will win this weekend at Martinsville and solidify his uh, his uh, his chances in, in Homestead. He's so young, he probably doesn't even know what a grandfather clock is. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see if he if he could do that. That'd be great, though. That would be good. I, I've been a, a big fan of Chase Elliott's uh, for a long time. Surprised you're not down there eating a bag of hot dogs. Well, they're they're busy changing engines out. So I'll try and get out there and get a few uh, laps of practice under them. <laughs> Absolutely. So, are you gonna sit at home and watch the uh, watch the race and make you some hot dogs? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I do have some Marzell hot dogs because they sell those things in the grocery stores around here. So I oh, can man. go pick those up. And, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you, gotta, pick... you should send some up to me. Uh, <laughs> you want some? Uh, <laughs> Send some up to me. Uh, Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, joins us. Hey, Steve, man, best luck to the Nationals, man. I'm rooting. Go, uh, go Nationals. Go National League. Uh, I, I hope things come together. Where can people find you? Where can masterpieces serve? Uh, 
Follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Go Nats. Go Nats, buddy. Good luck to you, man. We'll see what happens, man. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest joins us in talking some NASCAR. Of course, he he lives down in uh, uh, Virginia, which is huge national uh, territory so uh, hopefully they they can uh, they could put it together and we'll we'll see uh see what <laughs> see what happens 917-889-8516 we're about ready to get into the the meat of it all uh if you will no pun intended about how, there's a story behind that but i'm going to tell you what go down the martinsville racetrack get yourself a bag of hot dogs the best hot dog you've ever had and I'm not lying about that. 917-889-8516. We'll be right back. We're going to get into college football talk with the biggest game of the week. is Notre Dame fighting Irish against Michigan. we got us a guest lined up, as well as Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor. Stick around. It's about to get even better. Yellow dog school bus. Kicking up red bus. Kicking us up by barbed wire fence. MTV on the RCA, no AC in the vents. We were Jesus, save me, blue jean baby. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103. Or visit online at GoANG.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous pork chop down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. 
like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Here's to the straggly ones. The first ones. The, hey, I look good with this ones. The black, brown, red, and gray ones. The itchy ones. The ones grown by dad. The ones grown for dad. The I nearly didn't do it this year ones, and the absolutely filthy ones. They all raise awareness, raise funds, start conversations, and save lives. Because whatever you grow will save a bro. Sign up now at Movember.com. Well, all right, yes, let's get ready to rumble. Uh, joining us uh, now is Rick Riggin. And I'm so sorry, Terry. Did I? I forgot your last name. But Rick Beard. Riggin and Terry, how are you, sir? <laughs> Pretty good, Tom. How are you? Terry, what's your last name? Beard. <laughs> Morning, Terry. Seriously. <laughs> Morning. What's going on, fellas? You know what? What a better segue, because we are kicking off our No Shave November, because the more you grow, the more you save a bro, right? No Shave November with Terry Beard. We could have planned this in even any better. Terry, are you going to – I don't know that – I don't know that I'm worthy to be on right after a segment about talking about a bag full of hot dogs. (laughs) A bag full of wieners, man. I'll tell you what. I'm not kidding you, and I've been there, and I've had them. Martinsville hot dogs at the track are the best hot dogs you'll ever have in your life. I'm just saying. And I'm not making it up. It's worth it. I'm not about NASCAR, but I'm I'm willing to travel for a sack full of hot dogs. There ain't no doubt about that. Absolutely. And Rick (laughs) Riggin, our official college football contributor, Guys, this is a big game of the week. Rick, are you gonna are you gonna join us for No Shave November? Uh, I've already got a beard, so yeah, I'm not gonna shave. Yeah, well, okay. Well, bring awareness, <laughs> man. It's, it's all for a good job. Just call. so that you're aware. <laughs> Just so that you're aware. I don't know your hollow your 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 uh, your uh, bounty brawny uh, uh, Halloween costume looked oh too natural, sir. <laughs> Yeah, that thing was almost spot on. And the hardest thing about that was going around town trying to find brawny paper towels. Like nobody has them. Only one store had them. I just wanted a little small single roll of them. But we had to find, we had to buy like the whole case of brawny paper towels just to pull off my little Halloween outfit. So I had to carry around this whole case of like 10 paper towels all night. Well, somebody's going to get brawny tonight, guys. It's uh, time to rumble. Terry, we bring you on. Today, because this is the the uh, not only is it no shave November with Terry Beard, not only are we talking about a bag full of wieners, but we are also talking about the Notre Dame Fighter Irish at the Big House 
against Michigan. Terry, we're going we're gonna to turn it over to you first because uh, we know that you're a Michigan fan, and thank you for joining us. Well, let's get into this conversation. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish against uh, the Michigan Wolverines, one of the oldest rivalries in college football. Go ahead, Terry. Should be a, a good game, I think. Michigan obviously has their struggles against top ten teams under Harbaugh. Uh, we do lead the series twenty-seven or twenty-four, seventeen, and one. Uh, I think weather is going to play a big factor. Going to be chilly and raining. Going to come down to who can run the ball better and who can stop the run. In my opinion. Well, it, you know, absolutely. And we were talking earlier with Matthew Embry, WSVT up in South Bend, uh, which is the flagship station of, of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And, you know, Ian Book has got to figure out a way to stop this blitz. And, and I think Michigan's got their number on Ian Book. Uh, Rick Riggin, you're up. What, what does uh, Rick, uh, what does uh, the South Bend Fighting Irish got to do to beat Michigan? I mean, really surprisingly, Michigan comes in at five and two and we know Notre Dame coming in at five and one. I mean, surprisingly, I think this this hot seat of Jim Harbaugh is getting getting colder as we go. And besides that, who wants that job anyway? Go ahead, Rick. Well, well you're right. Uh, you're you're already exactly right about the uh, the game plan Michigan's going to roll in with tonight, and everybody everybody already knows it anyway. Is Don Brown is going to just bring the house against Ian Book on I get Ian Book out of the pocket. But like Terry said, it's also going to be raining, so it's really going to come down to the running game, which I do believe that Notre Dame's offensive line is a little bit better. And uh, I, I think the running game is a lot better. We saw how uh, Michigan lined up against Wisconsin, and that strong running game, uh, Notre Dame's running game isn't bad either. So let, And let's not just pin this down on last week when Michigan came back against Penn State in that second half. Uh, m- make no bones or jokes about it. Uh, Notre Dame is a better team than Penn State. They, they really are. Penn State made zero second-half adjustments in that game. And why would it have to be one nothing right? They made zero second-half adjustments. Michigan figured out what they were doing defensively. Michigan came back. But don't pin this game down on that second-half comeback last week because this is a different team Michigan's playing, and they have not seen edge rushers like the, the ones Notre Dame has. Terry, if you're, if you're Jim Harbaugh and you're in the war room of, of the Michigan Wolverines, are you not watching and watching over and watching your sleep that Georgia game? Because that Georgia game laid out the blueprint of what you got to do to beat uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Let me go back to that rubbish that Rick was just talking. Do <laughs> you honestly think that Notre Dame is there? Rubbish. They, they played the – Yeah, got honestly – if Notre Dame Penn State lined up today, right now, New Jersey and Notre Dame wins by two scores. I think Michigan beats Penn State on a neutral field by two scores. That was a special night in Crappy Valley. Notre Dame, you got you got the Patriots, Notre Dame, and Ohio State all vying for the the Indiana High School State Championship in the the quality of their opponents thus far. The quality. I mean, didn't you almost play. lose the Army? Didn't you just almost lose the Army second game of the season? Second game of the oh, year this year. I mean, I mean, come on, Army, Army. Army's not I mean, Army should have won that game. Years. We're talking about a missed field goal by Army, and that's the only way Michigan pulls that game out. So oh, Jerry, he's got your number, man. You know, Army hasn't changed their game plan in 100 years. They've never changed their game plan. How could you not be ready for Army? Uh, good, good jab there, Rick. Good jab. Because – because 
but, Jim but Harbaugh hasn't changed his game plan in a hundred years either. All right, getting getting back on point, Terry. If is Jim Harbaugh looking at the Georgia game as a blueprint to beat Notre Dame? You have to. I mean, it's the only game they've lost all season. Uh, They did struggle with. I I was working. They did struggle with USC a little bit too last week, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and uh, yeah, I tell you did. what, USC is really underrated this year, is uh, because uh, man, their their receivers are quick. They all catch the ball. Uh, they were just throwing up fifty fifty balls to their talented receivers, and USC was catching one hundred percent of them. Uh, and that's what worries me about Notre Dame's defense uh, tonight against Michigan. Uh, and Ronnie Bell is a legit receiver for Michigan. If they throw these fifty fifty balls to him, I'm pretty sure he'll catch one hundred percent of them. For some reason, our defensive backs do not turn their head around. And I have no idea why. But if the game comes down to that in the rain, 50-50 balls, uh, Michigan's got a pretty solid shot tonight. Jerry, Michigan's a receivers. They do have big receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones is big. So is Nico Collins. I just – I have have very little faith in Shea Patterson at this point. Jerry – Michigan comes in at a five and two at the beginning of the year. I think me and Rick and, and other people looked at this could be the last year for Jim Harbaugh. Are they really as good as their record indicates that they are? And has Jim Harbaugh saved his job at, at Michigan? Maybe he has, because I don't know that you're going to find anybody worse. And that, that's not a get jab against Jim Harbaugh, because certainly I like Jim Harbaugh as a person. I know he's an alumni from Michigan and that, that he will never be fired there. He will just be asked to be resigned. But he comes in at 5-2, and two, and I think a lot of people are really kind of surprised at that record. So are they as good as a 5-2 and two team should be? I mean, they've lost to two quality opponents, both on the road, and both games they got off to just abysmal starts. Are they – should they be 5-2 and two at this point in the season? Probably not. They have as much talent as anybody in the Big Ten other than Ohio. Um, they just they can't win big games. And if Harbaugh wants to survive through the season, I think tonight is a much win, a must win. And then the game uh, November 30th also in the big house against Ohio is going to have to – that's going to define his legacy, I think. He wins those two games. I think he – Gets another year. If not, I think he rides off into the sunset. Yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Rick. I think Jim Harbaugh has become more of the story about Michigan than Michigan and its team. And you know, but but interestingly, uh, the the Vegas odd makers, if you if you want to look at them, they they opened up Michigan at a four point favorite over Notre Dame in the last 48 hours. Though that's changed uh, now. It's currently as only a one point favorite. And I certainly feel like that Notre Dame. By game time will be a, a slight favor, but Notre Dame continues to move move positively forward. But again, like I just said, Jim Harbaugh seems to be more the story about Michigan than Michigan uh, football itself. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, Notre Dame's already moved to the uh, one point favorite this morning. Uh, I, I you can't go off that. It's really a picking game for me. Uh, this is one of the best rivalries in, in football. I know you want to compare it to Auburn, Alabama or uh, Ohio State-Michigan. You can't compare this game to those games, but it's up there with those games. It, it, this is a pick em game. It doesn't matter who's ranked, who's not ranked, what the records are. This is a really close game. Uh, pretty much most years, 
uh, it, it ended up being close last year. Uh, it was a Notre Dame blowout looking like, and then Michigan came back. Uh, Terry, don't worry about that game at 37 nothing from a few years ago. Uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, I was going to say, uh, just jumping on Jim Harbaugh here, Jim Harbaugh is uh, probably one of the best things that's happened to Michigan in the last 10 years. You compare him to Rich Rock, compare him to Brady Hope. Uh, Michigan is in a lot better place uh, with Jim Ham- with Jim Harbaugh. And uh, he brings a lot of money into the university. So they can lose Notre Dame tonight. They can lose to Ohio State. They could be a four-loss team, and he's not going to go anywhere. The NFL stuff, it's just all rumors. It's not true, I believe. Uh, and Harbaugh is going to be their coach next year too. And that very well might be true, but if they don't get to the playoffs, which they won't, uh, and if they don't have a significant postseason appearance, which is doubtful at this point, I I kind of agree with Terry here that that he rides off into the sunset, whether that be to the NFL or whatever. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, but, hey, who, Rick, but who's the next guy though? Who, who's the guy? Yeah, you're right. Who you gonna in? find? Who you gonna, I, not not a job against Jim Harbaugh, but who are you going to find it any worse? Uh, Terry, if if uh, in fact Jim Harbaugh rides off into the sunset, who would you like to see ride back in or ride in? I I haven't even considered that. Nick Saban. Well, back, back yeah, I would love that. Back to your first point about Jim Har all the pressure being on Jim Harbaugh, all the focus being on Jim Harbaugh. What about Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer. Jim Harbaugh. Don't even mention that scumbag. (laughs) I knew they'd get riled up. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. The players at some point have to play. If they like Jim Harbaugh, they need to find a way to win some of these close games so the conversation gets back to Michigan football and off of Jim Harbaugh. The players play the game, not Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh didn't didn't drop that pass on fourth and goal. Not saying they would have beat Penn State, but Jim Harbaugh didn't drop that pass in the end zone last Saturday. Well, Jim Harbaugh also called the play, though, that caused the drop pass. I mean, the ball hit the kid in the hands, in the chest. Yeah, that's not all Harbaugh. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at Notre Dame, saw, uh, right. we saw like a really similar thing with Charlie Weiss. Uh, Charlie Weiss is probably one of the best recruiters in the country, uh, you know, in his time at Notre Dame. But for some reason, that didn't translate to wins on the field. And you have to start looking at the coaching staff and what they're doing to get the uh, the team ready week to week. And eventually, it just comes down to the coaching staff. That's the ones that are going to get changed out because you know, the talent's going to show up at Michigan. It's Michigan. It, it's its own brand. It recruits itself. So the talent is always going to be at Michigan. But you have to look at why that talent doesn't translate to wins on the field. It all comes down to coaching. And Charlie Weiss is still getting paid by Notre Dame, but uh, let's see here nor there. (laughs) Go ahead, Terry. Somebody, if if I had to pick a replacement, I know like Lincoln Riley is not going to be anybody that that would be interested, but somebody cut from like the Mike Leach uh, cloth. Air raid offense, super, super likable. Uh, whacked out kind of crazy guy. I think kids love coaches like that and respond to guys like that. 
Well, guys, I want to uh, real quickly get your thoughts on something, Rick, and let's get into some of these other games that we've got going on in college football. Uh, this is our regular college football segment. Uh, Michael Young, uh, big news, uh, announces that he's going to transfer. We'll see where it goes. A lot of people are talking about Ohio State or Auburn. Both of them need a wide receiver uh, next year. Uh, he, I, a lot of people think that uh, – that, uh, He's a prima donna. He wants to be a star. I think Coach Kelly made the right decision in, in making him a as-needed type situ, uh, situation to fill after his injury. Uh, Michael Young decides that he's going to transfer. Uh, what are, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? Good riddance. Uh, we need him. What are your thoughts? Uh, this, is, this is just the epidemic of college football right now. If you're on a team and you think you're going to be the starter and then you get beat out for your starting job, then your first reaction is just to overreact and transfer away to go somewhere where you can't start. The, the kids don't want to compete. You know, they think the starting jobs are going to be handed to them, and when they're not handed to them, they want to transfer away. So this, this is that case. It sucks because, uh, uh, yeah, we could we, we would need him. I mean, he's he's a he's a great receiver, and whoever's going to pick him up is going to get a, a really great receiver. But at the same time, you want to look at how competitive he he really wants to be. Well, uh, that's not just there, college football, though. It's happening in college basketball, and mm-hmm. as this uh, this movement of payers being able to capitalize on their likenesses, getting paid and making appearances and stuff, I think it's only going to get worse. No, I couldn't agree with you more on that, and 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 I th- I just think we could, we could go get really deep in the weeds about this as far as athletes getting paid because and their likeness and, you know, that sort of thing, because yeah, I, they're, they're, I, I'm on the fence. I'm like, I'm like a libertarian when it comes to this part of it, because there's one part of me that says you're getting a free ride scholarship to some of the best colleges around. If you're good enough to do that, uh, you're getting your, that's also going to offer you the opportunity to get into the NFL, which is going to make you millions of dollars. But then there's the other part of it. Hey, you know, if you're, if you as the college is making millions of dollars off of my likeness, I deserve a little bit of a piece of that pie. So I see, I see uh, both of, of those situations. Uh, Rick, let's kind of mose, guys, let's mosey on through the college football top 25. Obviously one of the biggest games on the docket, the big 10 game, Wisconsin and Ohio state. Is that, wait, I had that wrong. Yeah, you got it. Wisconsin. I got it right. Okay. No, that's correct. My fault. That's the matchup. My fault. <laughs> well, uh, the, the air got taken out of this game last week. Uh, Illinois popped that balloon last week. This was a really sexy matchup a week ago. Uh, this is one of the games you wanted to watch this year, and now it, it's completely, like, pretty well meaningless unless Wisconsin finds a way to win, which I don't think so. Uh, Ohio State, to me, looks like the best team in the country. I mean, they really do. It's Ohio State, LSU. I, I, I think those teams might be, like, right there, maybe just a, a little bit above Alabama this year. I think Ohio State uh, – with Chase Young on defense, that that's a freak athlete at defensive end, and uh, I don't know what they're going to do at Wisconsin as far as trying to protect uh, their quarterback against Chase Young because that running game isn't going to pop off 300 yards against Ohio State today. Uh, Ohio State's going to win by three scores. I don't know what the uh, the spread is in this game, but uh, I don't care what the spreads are in most games. I mean, I. I I watch the games every week, so I, I know what teams look like. Man, I, I use the eyeball test. Uh, Ohio State's going to end up winning this game by three scores. It's going to be sluggish, 
at first because uh, Wisconsin is going to try to control the clock with the running game, burn a lot of time in the first half. But Ohio State will get it going and win by three scores today. And uh, Terry, I know you probably got a different view of as you'll refer to this team to the team to the south. Uh, but <laughs> just like Ohio State refers to you guys as the team to the north. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts about this game? I I. I also think that Ohio is probably the most complete team that I've seen thus far this season. The only question is, who have I seen them play? Today may be the first chance right. to actually see That's somebody come also. out. Somebody come out and punch them in the mouth. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be muddy, or not muddy because they play on field turf. But I think I think it's going to be a closer game than Rick thinks. I think Jonathan Taylor has a big game, and I think we see Justin Fields in the that high-powered, super-quick, super-precision offense of Ohio struggle a little bit, I would be willing to bet Rick an adult cocktail that uh, Ohio State doesn't <laughs> cover the 14. You got it. You got it. He doesn't care what you bet. Whenever you bet an adult cocktail with Rick, as two birds land at the same time, which one's going to take off first, he'll bet an adult <laughs> cocktail for you on that. And he usually <laughs> beats me at those. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know that bird was going to take off first, man? What are the odds? Appalachian State, when was the last time we talked about them being in the top 25? Rick against uh, South Alabama, not a lot to talk about, but more than anything, Appalachian State in the top 25. Well, what what I worry about with them is, is this Scott Satterfield's player still, or they actually have a really good coach that can carry the team even further. Because, uh, you know, Scott Satterfield left or he is the head coach at Louisville now. I think Louisville's up and coming. Louisville doesn't look too bad this year. They're only going to get better. So I, that's what I worry about is just Scott Satterfield's recruits and players or do they have a coach to take him to the next step here? Because Satterfield brought Appalachia State to D1, and uh, but can their current coach uh, continue that? Because uh, Satterfield's a, a really good coach, and he's gone. Jerry, what are your thoughts about uh, – well, not if you want to chime in on Appalachian State, go ahead, but we've got Iowa against Northwestern, another Big Ten matchup the only, there. The only Appalachian State comment Jerry wants to make is, uh, well, I'll just let him go with that. <laughs> That's why I, 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 I wanted to go right to the next game, but I felt like, well, all right, I'll give him, I'll give him an opportunity to chime in because <laughs> the, burn, the burn still burns, doesn't it, Terry? <laughs> it, absolutely, it absolutely does. That was a heartbreaker. They're right up there with Colorado in my book. So we move on, man. That's, oh, that's yeah. why, I, that's I, that's why I said I, I've got to – Got to move on. So, Jerry, we're going to let you open up the doors with uh, number 20, Iowa Northwest from Big Ten matchup there. Should be a good game. I mean, Iowa is uh, a pretty solid football team playing at Evanston. Evanston. Again, weather's going to be an issue. I just think uh, Iowa too big, too strong. Should win fairly easily. Rick, Oklahoma, number five, Oklahoma against the Kansas State. Cougars. Oh, Jayhawks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're the Wildcats, Tom. But anyway, yeah. uh, Wildcats. <laughs> I knew it was some sort of a cat. Cougar, cat, give me credit, man. I knew it was a cat. There, there's not much to talk about in this game. It, it's it's Oklahoma State's right there. It's Ohio State. Oklahoma State ain't got the defense Ohio State has, but they got the offense Ohio State has. Uh, they're going to run this score up early. Uh, Jalen Hurts. 
it's either Jalen Hurts or Joe Barrel, Terry. I don't know which one you want to consider to be the Heisman front runner. I still think it's Jalen Hurts, but Joe Burrow has played the, the the better competition, so I guess you have to get hit, give him the edge, actually. Uh, Tom, you're bringing up all these other games, and then LSU and Auburn play today. Well, that's on my list, but I'm going through the order in which they play. We wanted to get Notre Dame in I first. I think you need to go uh, order of importance. <laughs> well, then in the All end. right, let's go. All right, LSU and Auburn. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, tee us off on that one. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, uh, Joe Burrow can just uh, plant his flag at midfield uh, for the Heisman uh, candidacy here because uh, he's already probably considered the front runner anyway. He can really just make a statement and and just take full control of the uh, uh, of the uh, the Heisman race here. And uh, if they look ahead to next week's game against Alabama, then the LSU is in a lot of trouble today. So they better not be looking ahead. And another thing with Alabama, too, is not playing today. They're only playing Arkansas. But there's mm-hmm. a chance he – Nick Saban, anyway, says, because he's got a high ankle sprain, he might not be able to go next week either. And if that's the case, uh, Bama sees it as over. If Tua cannot play against LSU next week. That, that a was, story a, that was to, a, a story to be looking at. That's story to be looking at. I think it's the week after next. Doesn't uh, Alabama have a week it's, off, then LSU? I, I, they have I think it's next week. They have a bye next week, but the week after. Oh, I thought yeah, it was next so week. I don't have it up here. Get ready. Uh, somebody look it up. I'm pretty sure it games November 2nd. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> we have totally gone off the rails. We're only, we're only talking about what's relevant. We only yeah, discussed the most relevant. next week. Yeah, it's not next week. It's the 9th. I'm 99% oh, Okay. All right. Well, uh, then Bama's getting lucky here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about uh, get... what about Indiana at Nebraska, Rick? What are you thinking there? Indiana with a chance to get bowl eligible, probably for the earliest the earliest in the season ever. Yeah, I think uh, Indiana is uh, what a two three point favorite. I, I think they're going to pull it off at Nebraska. I, I I'm not. Uh, sold on Martinez, at the quarterback at Nebraska. I love Tom Allen, the head coach of IU. It's just recruits. It's just getting players in because it's IU football. They're not really an IU, you know, a, a football school. Uh, it's just recruits getting the recruits in. I, I like Tom Allen. He's a tough-minded head coach, and the team takes on that persona, and they, that's how they play every year. That's why you see him hang with Ohio State, some of these big big names in the conference. Uh, I do like Indiana, and I think IU pulls it off and gets full eligible. Yeah, I think so, too. They get uh, Penix, the quarterback from Florida, back today. The only thing uh, Nebraska is going with, like, a blackout, the all-black. I don't think Martinez is going to play. I think uh, I like Indiana to cover the two-and-a-half. Well, we'll see On what happens here. When was the last time anybody ever picked Indiana as a road dog to win? Or a road favorite to win, my bad. Road dog. <laughs> Hey, Nebraska's hungry. Nebraska's hungry. Guys, we're about we're about out of time here. So, uh, Rick, I'm gonna since you're our official college football contributor and and you hooked us up with the awesome Terry Beard to help us kick off our no shave November uh month. I'm gonna give you the final word, sir. What say you? Yeah, uh, I don't think you see much shift today in the top twenty five, at least the top ten. Uh it's gonna be a close game at Michigan tonight. I do think Notre Dame pulls it off. Uh 
I mean, you're going to see Auburn drop out of the top ten. They're at the, I think they're currently ranked ninth. LSU's probably not going to win that game going away, but it will be kind of a dominating performance because I think LSU's right there with Alabama, if not a little bit better. Uh, you're not going to see a whole lot of change in the top ten this week. So, uh, And Ohio State is just going to put it on Wisconsin because, I mean, Wisconsin football only exists to be ranked fifth and then lose. I mean, that's her team motto. When they run out of the tunnel, the head coach gives them this pep talk. It's like, come on, guys, let's be ranked fifth and then lose because that is complete existence. That's the only reason why they play college football at Wisconsin is to be ranked fifth in the country and then lose. Happens every single year. Jerry uh, Beard, I appreciate you taking some time and joining us and talking your Michigan homer card against the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Do you have any final words of wisdom for us, sir? I'm pretty sure Rick just got himself kicked off the Paul Christ Christmas card list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just essentially I'm, called I'm him, also kicked uh, off the Rutgers Christmas list. <laughs> what, uh, what was the old uh, the coach from the Titans, Jeff? You just called him Jeff, Jeff Fisher. To Jeff Fisher, essentially. Jeff Fisher. Um, hey, Jeff Fisher. August eighth is Jeff Fisher Day. It's eight and eight. Yeah, of course. I think we have a chance to see a little right. shake up in the top two, and I think Wisconsin gives Ohio State all they want for three quarters, and it comes down to the end. And then, I, obviously, I think uh, Notre Lame is going to have their hands full this evening. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up, put a bow on it. We appreciate you joining us. Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, Terry Beard, our official uh, Michigan fan, to help us kick off this big battle tonight. Good luck, Irish. Good luck, uh, Wolverines. I'm playing the neutral libertarian card here. See you guys. See ya. <laughs> man, always good to have them on. Woo! Sometimes I just got to say, hey, guys, wait, who's, who's the host here? We went from Bag of Wieners to uh, Jeff Fisher to, I mean, we covered the gamut, but we're getting into the NFL talk. Uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony G Podcast joins us. Uh, uh, Ed Kratz on the road up to Buffalo. Mo Kent join us. So it's just me and Tony. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, 
Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Here's to the straggly ones. The first ones. The, hey, I look good with this ones. The black, brown, red, and gray ones. The itchy ones. The ones grown by dad. The ones grown for dad. The I nearly didn't do it this year ones, and the absolutely filthy ones, they all raise awareness, raise funds, start conversations, and save lives. Because whatever you grow, will save a bro. Sign up now at Movember.com. Balance 90 minutes in the can. My name is Tom Marcus El Presidente. Great time today so far. Thank you, Matthew Embry up at WSBT in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, but also talking some Notre Dame fighting Irish. Big game today against Notre Dame and Michigan. Also, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest talks to NASCAR in Martinsville. And of course, he lives in Virginia as well. And so uh, he's a big national fan. And so how about them Nationals? Man, I don't think anybody thought we'd be talking about a Nationals-Astros uh, World Series. I think a lot of people thought the Astros would be in there. But, man, what a good run they've had. Go National League. Go Nationals. And then, uh, and the, as always, we get off the rails with Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, Terry Beard, joined us, also a big Michigan fan, uh, talking in, in more detail about the biggest, one of the oldest rivalries in college football, and that is, uh, Michigan and Notre Dame. Joining us now is Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast, uh, stepping in and helping us do the NFL talk today. Ed's on the road up to Buffalo and Mo Kenton. Join us. Uh, Tony, how is you, sir? Good, man. How you doing? Man, it's a rainy day. It's a good weekend for chili. I'm going to do that. Uh, make some chili tomorrow. And, you know, I, I shaved everything off yesterday for No Shave November. So you in? You're going to no shave and throw uh, the razor away for the month? I'm going to have to yeah, pass on go- that one this year. I know. You're doing the job interviews and all that stuff. But, hey, I tell you what, guys, this is our annual kickoff, No Shave November. We do this every year. Just remember, the more you grow, the more you save a bro. And it's a great cause. And if you've got some money to donate, go ahead. we got our group link, the balance linked up on, on Twitter. And uh, go. We do this every year. And by the end of the month, I look like Santa Claus, according to my granddaughter, but it's all for a good cause. And it saves you like, I don't know, three, however long it takes you to shave, uh, 
three, five minutes in the day, and that all adds up, Tony. At the end of the day, it all adds up. Okay, how much time you get back in your day by not shaving? Just saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess you're right. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk a little NFL. Uh, I mean, uh, like I said, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, is on the road to Buffalo, so he's, he's not going to join us. We'll get to the Eagles here in just a second. But since we both live here in Indianapolis, and our homer card is the Indianapolis Colts, I was at that game last week. What a fantastic win that was against a huge divisional rivalry against the Houston uh, Texans. Almost said Astros. I got them on my mind uh, against the Houston Texans, and the roof was open. It was a great, great win. I enjoyed being there. Of course, tomorrow uh, the Broncos come into town, and, and you know I, I, I hate to to liken the Broncos to to the Raiders, but if we get too comfortable in our own skin, the, the Broncos can come in here with that defense and and uh, give us a, a, an L as opposed to a W. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the defense is tough for the Broncos, um, and the Colts seem to just play really close games this year. I think you know they've all come down to a final possession, basically. I like the Colts in this one. I do like them to cover the five and a half. Um, they're the best team against the spread this year. Jacoby Brissett uh, has been playing well. We saw Zach Pascal step up last week. Uh, the defense has played really well. Um, I just don't trust Joe Flacco at all, 100% don't trust him. Uh, I think the Colts, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. The Colts get a big stop late, uh, maybe a turnover. Uh, I'm at Colts 27-20. Oh, I'll tell you what, I, I'm right there with you because, I, and, and Joe Flacco's not even that good of a quarterback, but he can, he can he's sneaky. I, I wouldn't even say sneaky good. He's just, he's just sneaky. And he, he has, he's been around the league for a long time and he knows how to take advantage of a young uh, line that we have and not to mention uh, the defense that we have. So all, all I can say is if the Colts should just come in there and control the run and be able to just focus on getting a W and get out of there, uh, I think that we'll, we'll come, we'll come out uh, uh, with a W. Let's uh, start going around the league here. We'll start uh, with Thursday night's game, the Redskins and the Vikings, Vikings uh, on top, uh, Nine to nineteen. At least they were at home in Minnesota as a home into to the Washington Redskins. If I was any any NFL team, I would not want to play, especially in bad weather at, at the Redskins. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, just how bad the Redskins have been. They got caught up in that. They were the first team in NFL history to cover a spread last year, or to cover a spread without scoring a point. They were plus nine and a half to the. 49ers at home, they score zero points and only give up nine. Um, it's a sloppy mess of a season for the Redskins. We saw it again Thursday night. Kirk Cousins playing against his old team. Uh, it wasn't the blowout that I thought it might be, but it ended up being 19-9. The Vikings are tough. Uh, well, they won four in a row now. Uh, Stephon Diggs, uh, if they get Thielen back. Uh, this, is a, this is a team that it's, it's hard to go to Minnesota and win. This is a team that they can get somehow back into the thing and chase down the Packers. The Vikings are a team that they can make them some noise in the playoffs, but yeah, the Redskins are awful, and you know how awful they are when uh, the Nationals in the World Series have two wins so far in the World Series. That's going to be more wins than the Redskins are going to have all season. I tell you what, I know you're a baseball fan too, and I am too, and I I mean, who doesn't want to see their team in it, but if, we're, if we want to root for a, a team to root for, the Nationals is the, is the team to root for, and very not very often do I root for a, uh, anything to win from D.C., that's for sure, but the Nationals seem to have, uh, I, I like it a lot to this so with the Cubs, and, and, and the attention that the Cubs have, and the, the Nationals haven't won 
anything since they've been a senator or an expo. So it's really an exciting thing to talk about us a little bit about the World Series, but we'll get off the track here a little bit. But the Astros, I think a lot of people thought would be there. I mean, it was certainly no surprise that the Astros were there. Maybe we were kind of surprised that they were able to get past the Yankees. Uh, but the Nationals certainly took the National League by surprise. Yeah, they got red hot. And we know in, in, in postseason baseball in October, it gets cold, it gets windy, it's hard to score runs. They've manufactured runs when they've needed to. They've had great pitching. The bullpen's been exactly what they've needed. Uh, they tied the postseason records for consecutive wins with the 2005 White Sox. Um, yeah, I didn't expect them to win the first two games, I can tell you that, um, to go up 2-0. And, and like you said, it's good to see because you just you haven't seen – most people in their lifetime haven't seen a baseball team out of Washington do anything. Um, like you said, you have to go back to the Expos, the Senators, you know, 70s, early 80s. Uh, but I think the Astros are going to bounce back again. They're going to win game four. It's going to be 2-2. And uh, honestly, I think that the Astros are going to win every game the rest of the World Series and, and take it back and win their second in three years. Well, you might be absolutely right about that. Certainly, certainly they've got to keep their, their – but the good thing about the Nationals is they're young and they can hit home runs. And that it really is kind of friendly for the uh, MLB this year or you know, over the last couple of years is if you're able to hit home runs, uh, which just seems to be very home run friendly – so we'll see what happens, but I really would not be surprised if this goes to seven games, but we'll certainly uh, uh, see what happens. Uh, the, let's talk a little bit about the NFL again, going back on that. The NFL uh, uh, trade deadline's coming up. It seems to be a bit of a snooze fest. Uh, I think the, the Jaguars uh, trade to uh, the Raiders, uh, brain fart, <laughs> uh, but it's been the biggest news out of the um, – out of the uh, – Trade deadline. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think New England going out and getting Muhammad Sanu was was a big pickup. You know, the whole Josh Gordon situation where they got to put him on waivers or trade him by early next week kind of forced their hand to maybe go out and get somebody. And Muhammad Sanu goes from a bad Atlanta team that is without Matt Ryan this weekend. It looks like it only has one win to uh, Super Bowl contending uh, Patriots. Um, you know, there was a couple. Of, you know, Marcus Peters getting traded last week. Jalen Ramsey, obviously the biggest one. Uh, we'll see what that happens. That was we'll who I was Colts thinking go out They've got uh, – the Colts got a lot of an abundance of draft picks that they would be able to um, do something with. Um, we'll see if Chris Ballard pulls the trigger. Uh, but I think we're still going to see a couple more position players traded um, from crappy teams to good teams. And it'll be interesting to see who those guys are. Do the Cowboys go get somebody – uh, you know, with the Cowboys leading the division, they look like they're going to be buyers in the trade market. Maybe a team like Philadelphia that says, all right, we're not where exactly where we need to be. Maybe you look at getting rid of a wide receiver. Um, I think that New Orleans is banged up as they've been. Uh, you know, Kamara missed last week. Michael Thomas has had a good year. They could use one more weapon because Brandon Cooks just hasn't been the guy that thought that they were going to get when they traded for him. So I think we'll see some position players on the move. Uh, maybe the 49ers who just picked up Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, that was a good pickup. Maybe they go out and get a couple more um, to help the defense and Richard Sherman. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that are buying, a lot of teams that they're selling when they come up to the deadline. Should we read into the tea leaves at all that Antonio Gates was at the Colts complex this week? 
Um, I doubt it. Um, I I doubt that there's anything to that. When you look at, you've got Doyle, you've got Ebron, you've got Moali Cox. Um, maybe it's a motivational thing. Maybe Gates is doing some broadcasting. Um, but no, I, I don't. I don't think you really read too much into it. Um, but I guess you never know. But I just I don't see where he would be a need or a fit. Um, and at 39 years old, um, maybe they're maybe they're looking to have him come in and be the tight ends coach. Maybe <laughs> you can't get a better tight end coach. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Hey, let's talk about the Patriots. I hate talking about the Patriots. Everybody in this city hates talking about the Patriots. When you look at their defense, man, historically good. And I, I, we hate to talk about the Patriots, but, man, here, here we go again. We're talking about the Patriots, and their defense could take them right to the Super Bowl. And that's something you never thought you would really say, right? You know, the the Patriots, we always think about offense and the numbers that Tom Brady puts up. and. There were some rumors, some trade rumors, or some end-of-the-season rumors going on that this could be the last year for Tom Brady in New England. I don't buy that. I don't buy it until I see it. Um, but, yeah, how about that, saying that the defense is what's going to win the champ- – what's going to get the Patriots to the Super Bowl. They played so well the night against the Jets. Uh, the, obviously, the, the now famous, the infamous quote um, from Sam Darnold that he was seeing ghost. The Jets, not a very good team. Uh, New England just fires on all cylinders. They they forced, you know, what four or five interceptions. They had a safety. Uh, special teams has played well. So yeah, I think that's the first time Tom in what this twenty five year run for the New England Patriots that we can say that the defense is what's going to get them exactly. uh, over the top and into the Super Bowl. You know, you talk about Sam Darnold, and, he, and he, you know, I, here's the thing. I know he had his struggles. He's come back from mono. He's back. There's a lot of things that he's dealing with. Uh, I, I just wondered. It was really a bad decision to have him mic'd up. And, and let's, let's just clear the air. He's not the first quarterback to ever see. I've seen ghosts out there. That's a fairly common thing to say, which, means, which, which basically means that the defense tricked him, and he saw something that wasn't there. And he went in one way and didn't go. It's a fairly common to say thing to say that I'm seeing ghosts, but I, I don't know. I look at two different bad decisions here by the NFL. One, to mic him up and broadcast that, and then two, by the Jets to allow the NFL to have him mic'd up. Because once you're mic'd up, you pretty much consent to let the NFL decide what they're going to air. They could have went with a and a handful of other people with the Jets that are veterans that weren't. I mean, I, if nothing else, I'm looking at my guy coming back. He needs to be focused. Uh, he's coming back from mono. He needs to be focused. We're playing the Patriots. This is not the right game for my quarterback to be mic'd up. That said, he was mic'd up and said, I'm seeing ghosts, and that's all we've heard about this week. Yeah, and I don't mind the whole micing up thing. I mean, that's, that's you know, obviously – it, it, it's a battle between TV networks that cover these games and the teams to have a better experience to be able to watch, especially on Monday night. Um, the seeing ghost thing, I just kind of took that as guys weren't in the right routes where they should have been and other uh, like defenders were coming out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't mad that he was mic'd up. I just think that they're a bad team. They got lucky against the Cowboys and kind of set the tempo there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think moving forward, Mike, Mike, being mic'd up is fine. Um, I had no problem with that, and it's just he had an awful game, and you're going to have those uh, in the NFL. And the Jets are not a very good team. 
Well, I'll tell you what, who did not have an awful game last year, and we'll see what, how, it, how it comes into uh, this week with, with the uh, 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 Packers, uh, and I, I believe they played the Chiefs. But Aaron Rodgers, perfect quarterback scoring. If you do not play him in fantasy football and you have him in fantasy football, shame on you, because Aaron Rodgers uh, only won to five touchdowns, but he got six. For, uh, perfect that QB rating uh, last week for Aaron Rodgers. Man, uh, he, still, he still got it. Yeah, he probably threw another touchdown that night to Danica. Uh, it was a great performance. <laughs> he's been up, he's been up and down this season. And, uh, love I, it. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love the Packers. Um, when he is performing at his best, he is one of the top players in any sport. I think to watch, and uh, what a great performance! And we'll see what he can do against the Chiefs coming up because uh, we don't know Mahomes is going to play. He hasn't been ruled out. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the most anticipated games probably of the year and probably the most anticipated game I could think of since last year down in Mexico when the Chiefs played the Rams. So we'll see what Aaron Rodgers can do. I, I like the Packers on that one. I just haven't, you know, I know that Kansas City got back on it last week with a 30-6 to win over Denver, but uh, I think the Packers have a slight advantage in this one. QB power rankings are out. Uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson round out the top three. Uh Certainly no arguments there. Yeah. I mean, there's been some great quarterback play. If you think about it, um, you know, what they're doing in Carolina is incredible without Cam Newton, what Teddy Bridgewater has been able to do with, with, with the saints. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously top of that list. Brady's doing everything he needs to do. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett needs to get a sniff. I mean, people are kind of overlooking him and what the Colts are doing. They're going to be favored in probably every game the rest of the way out besides the one on the road against the Saints if Drew Brees is back. Uh, I think the Colts are going to make some noise. I've really enjoyed what I've seen out of Deshaun Watson this year. He's played great football um, for the Texans. So, yeah, they lost to the Colts last week, but have still been playing good football. Lamar Jackson, uh, what an impressive win. Probably the most impressive win of the season so far for any team was going to Seattle last week and getting that win. On that flip side, too, Russell Wilson's been playing very well. Um, did not have a good game last week, uh, but so far this year he's been playing well. So there's been awesome quarterback play, I think, throughout the league. Well, as, as we mentioned, Ed Kratz can't join us uh, this week because he is on the road to Buffalo. So let's talk about that game. Uh, the Eagles and the, and the Buffalo uh, certainly got to watch. Philadelphia allows six most uh, passing yards per game in the NFL, but Buffalo's passing game ranks 21st. And let's face it, to the Buffalo Bills are underneath the radar. They're winning some games, and they're one of the better teams in the AFC right now. Yeah, they're trying to keep pace with the Patriots, and they've got a good defense, and they just they're winning grinded out games they should win I mean the schedule kind of matches up for them to be able to win football games and I just you know I don't know who Philadelphia is I don't know who Carson Wentz is it it, it seems like one week they're flying they're flying high on all cylinders and then the next week they look like garbage and they looked like garbage in prime time last week against the Cowboys Uh, but Buffalo with a chance to go to six and one uh, probably the would be getting more love if it wasn't for the 49ers being so surprising at 6-0. and um, Cole Beasley, who knows the Eagles well, obviously spending a lot of time in Dallas. Like, he's going to be a key in this game. Um, but you look at the Eagles, they've lost their last two games by 18-plus points. Um, and, but then, where you know, three weeks ago they were beating the Packers. And you just think, who is this team 
what can they do? And I think with the Buffalo Bills defense, it's probably going to be cold there in Buffalo. I think the Bills have the advantage in this one because I just don't know who Philadelphia is. And almost as surprising as saying that the defense for the Patriots is what's carrying them is the fact that I can say that Buffalo has shown probably the most consistency out of any team in the AFC this year. Well, let's walk through the NFL. Let's kind of take a look at these games. We'll start back over here in the AFC South, and and uh, the Titans have the Buccaneers. Nothing exciting between either one of these two teams, and uh, certainly ex-Colts uh, coach Bruce Arians is down at uh, uh, Tampa Bay, certainly not getting the start to that uh, coaching team that he wanted to have that come in at two and four titans are three and four but uh, i'll tell you what i i like ryan Tannehill and and the titans i certainly like ryan Tannehill at the helm much better than i do marcus mariota a lot of people might disagree with me on that but i think ryan Tannehill has found a good home there in tennessee which is all the other forces are working against them you got the buccaneers at the titans yeah uh, if you're betting this game uh i'd like to know what you what you're on because this is a stay away game for me uh, but I do like the Titans they've been able to establish the running game they've played pretty good defense and like you mentioned you know it's just it's so different with Mariota and Tannehill Tannehill a pocket quarterback which means less holding for the offensive line for the Titans that means less NL's men downfield uh, so we'll see I think the Titans should win this one but I think it's going to be an ugly grinded out 17-14 type game Got the Chargers at the Bears. Uh, it's going to be kind of a rainy, cold day at the Bears, which plays to the advantage of, of the Bears there at Soldier Field, three and three. Uh, the Bears' defense will force a minimum of three turnovers. But, you know, the thing about it, Melvin, uh, Melvin Gordon is averaging uh, 2.3 yards per rush this season and is the second worst in the NFL among those uh, with 30 attempts. Uh, maybe he should have held out a little bit longer, but you got the Chargers and the Bears. And, Tom, I don't think we have enough time to break down just the inconsistency and the what the heck are you doing for both of these teams. You know, the Chargers get right. that win first of, of the year against the Colts. You think that they're flying high, then they lose to the Texans. They've been struggling lately. Phillip Rivers, they get destroyed by the Steelers on Sunday Night Football three weeks ago. Um, very inconsistent team. This is the team that was in the playoffs last year. And then it's the same with the Bears. You, you know, a lot of people had Mr. Trubisky possibly being an MVP candidate, Tariq Cohen. Um, the wide receiving core for the Bears has not stepped up. The defense has tried to keep them in games. Um, but these are two teams that you just – they're head-scratching teams. I mean, the Bears have dropped two in a row to the Raiders and the Saints. Uh, they beat the Vikings, who we know are flying high. You just – when you look at the Bears – what happened? You know, what's going on? Why can't Mitch Trubisky get it going? Why does he seem to struggle? Uh, why has the rushing game not been going well for the Bears? I think, again, this is going to be one of those nasty, gross, cold Chicago Bear games of the of the 80s. Uh, Phillip Rivers is going to be on his back a lot, but I think Mr. Mitchell Trubisky is not good enough right now to be able to carry these guys. I would not be surprised if this, if, if neither team broke 20 points in this one. Well, we might even be seeing the end of the of the Mitch days in Chicago, so we'll see what happens. One more final game because we're about out of time here, uh, but and that's the the Cardinals at the Saints. I mean, uh, even though the Cardinals are three three and one, the Saints are six and one. Drew Brees uh, uh, appears to have a good chance of returning, but all that said, Terry Bridgewater is proven 
what it takes to be a good backup quarterback. And, you know, when you got to come in and back up a guy like Drew Brees, you, you got a lot of shoes to fill, and he did a, a, a fantastic job. I, but uh, I certainly think that, that the, the Cardinals have what it, what it takes, especially with Patrick Peterson, to hold the Saints receiver Michael Thomas to fewer than 50 receiving yards. But I still think the, Saint, uh, the Saints have much more in their tank, and Kyler Murray has four total uh, touchdowns and zero interceptions in the past three games, all wins. The Saints uh, take care of business relatively easy at home this weekend. Yeah, I think this game's going to be uh, one of the most underrated games maybe of the year. I think this could be a good one. I got a feeling it could turn into a shootout depending if Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Brees is playing. The Saints defense, um, even though this team is 6-1, and one, they're still giving up points. They gave up 25 points to the Bears. That was the most the Bears have scored all year. Um, they let the Buccaneers hang around. Uh, they, they did beat – the Rams on the road as well as Seattle I like the Saints I like what you said with Teddy Bridgewater you know you didn't know what you had this is a guy that remember a couple years ago suffered an injury in Minnesota you, you in training camp and you thought he might not ever play again he's came back uh, they've been firing all cylinders but so have the Cardinals the Cardinals have found some consistency with Kyler Murray the rushing game and the defense um, the the problem I have with the Cardinals is is yeah, they're hot. They've won three in a row, but it's been to three of the worst teams in the league between the Bengals, Cardinals, or excuse me, the Bengals, Falcons, and Giants. So we'll see. We'll, we'll find out if the Cardinals are for real, if they found something over the next two weeks because you get New Orleans coming up tomorrow, and then you got to welcome in the 6-0 San Francisco 49ers. So we'll find out what, what, what Kyler Murray's really made over the next two weeks. What he's got in the tank. Tony John here with the Tony D Podcast. Steps in and, and thanks for uh, filling the shoes for Ed Kratz uh, uh, in the NFL segment with us today. Sir, enjoy your rainy weekend here in Indianapolis. Will do hey, well, I got I to ask you, did you decide to go try out for the Wheel of Fortune? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I tried out two weeks, three weeks ago, and I have – I got to the final five of, like, the tryouts and solved all my puzzles, but never heard anything back, so maybe I wasn't as uh, charismatic as I I should have been. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll see you on the Wheel of Fortune uh, sometime soon. Tony Donahue, we appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? Uh, Tony D. Indy on Twitter, the Tony D. Podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Have a good weekend. See ya. Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, joins us in talking some NFL. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. Thank you so much for joining us on our kickoff for No Shave November. Guys, go to our group. It's up on the website. Um, and throw away that razor for the next 30 days and throw us some uh, – not us, not me. Uh, throw uh, No Shave November some money because it's a great – cause for men's cancers of all different types of cancers just remember the more you grow the more you save a bro my name is Tom Marcos El Presidente remember don't drink and drive it isn't cool and uh, you know hey follow us on Twitter we've got everything up there that you need to know and uh, we'll see what happens I'm out of here we'll see you next week right here on the Balance Radio Network doses
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.